Welcome to In Bed With The Films We Love, a podcast about some of our favourite films and where we try to work out just what exactly it is we love about them so much. Uh, I'm Ethan Crane. I'm Talia Ripley. And today we're talking about the 2015 film Victoria, directed by Sebastian Schipper. And Talia, I think this is your choice of film, yes. isn't it? Yes. So... Tell us, first of all, as we normally do, uh, about your history with this film, about how, you, how yeah. you've watched it. Yeah. So it's 2015, so it's not that old a film, is it? Um, what did I know? So I knew, I'd heard about this film, heard before it came out, heard that it was a one-take film, which is yeah, obviously something we discuss a lot. It's a big deal that this film is a single take um, over two, you know, it's two hours, 20 minutes or something, runtime. Um I'd heard about that feature of it, and I'd also heard that it was uh, involving heist, heist, a heist, and uh, it was set in like a German nightclub thing. Scene. What in Berlin? In Berlin, you, yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess I guess part of it is that fair to say, um, you know, a little bit of history that you know we've well we hadn't been to Berlin clubs at that point or, or ever tried to get into them, but. Um, you know, clubs were an appealing topic. You love heist films. You know, it seemed like a dead certainty that we'd like it. And clubbing. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and I remember going, but I do have an atrocious memory. So it kind of went out of my head that it was a, a heist film. And I do remember the first time watching it because it is a film of different sections. And the, in the first section, I'd totally forgotten it was a heist film at all. Um, and then, you know, everything turns. But, um, yeah, I watched it in the cinema basically as soon as it came out and it immediately blew me away. And watched it a couple of times since and liked I, it. I can't remember ever quite wanting to see a film as much as this. One that really? I... A film that I didn't know anything about the director or or anything at all about it, basically. Apart from, like, what you just said, I knew it was a heist yeah. film. And yeah, it was set in the Berlin tech, techno, or there's certain element of it set in the Berlin club scene. To be fair, yeah. ultimately, the Berlin club scene doesn't do that much. In the I know, film. but somehow, somehow that combination, like, mm. I think the, the one take thing was kind of like, well, it sounds interesting, but it wasn't that that really made, really okay. grabbed me. But it was those two things, the combination of heist. And actually, in the end, it's interesting that it's not really either a heist film or about the German, or the Berlin techno scene. Is no, it? Yeah. neither of those things are that important to, to what, what is amazing about the film. Yeah. I do think, I mean, we, I'm sure we can debate about it, but I do yeah. think the one take element is really important yeah. in this film and, and it really affects it. It's not a gimmick it. in this film at all, is it? It no. really is really an important element it, of it. It is, yeah. it is important. So, can I, can I uh, just, do you remember going to see this at the cinema the first time? Yes. Do you remember? And there was a couple of, um, our friends who were also there seeing it, and I remember, do you remember coming out of the film afterwards? Yeah. Everyone was so pumped up after this, weren't yeah. they? Like, it was, it was well, incredible. Well, pumped up yeah. in a way as if you'd, you know, really had a physical experience of yeah. being beaten around the head by this film. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that is something that is, is, yeah, one of the astonishing things, and why, why it really gets me as well, why, what I really like about the film. Did you have the same physical experiences watching it a second and a third time? Nothing can be quite the same as that, I don't think. Yeah. Because, you know, you've got your expectations. So, But, yeah, I still feel like just watching it last night yeah. still felt like, you know, like a massive blast of wind had been, you yeah. know, chucked at me. Got the cat coming in. Yeah, that's all right. Cat can join. But, but um, I, th I, think that's, I think that's one of its uh, major appeals, actually, the film. It's... it's um, 
just how much you feel part of it. Yeah. It? Like, and I think that's like you say, the one take does does assist that. Yeah. 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 So, but so t- tell us more about what's your what's the things that really um, appeal to you about the film. So, I mean, I think yeah. The, the, the firstly, like we were talking about that sort of physical physicality of it. Like the the, the the that's the thing that really is the shocking thing that really. Um, Makes you sorry, the cats just around the, the microphone. But there we go. Yeah, um, yeah the, the, the physicality of it—that's the sort of instant thing that gets you. That sense of being with the, the the protagonist really throughout it. You're mostly at Victoria's side. Yeah, you're through her eyes. Aren't yeah, you, most of the time. I think also, you know, talking about the history and how I feel about this film and how personally and how I relate to it, especially that first section, the first forty-five minutes or so. When I was really sitting in the cinema and thinking, I think I must have, I knew I heard it was a heist thing, but <laughs> yeah. I must have got that wrong. I must have been reading the wrong column in something. And, or, you know, this is obviously just one of those kind of little, you know, a love story, really. Um, or, or, or maybe it will turn a bit darker. So, um, you know, the first section, which is just really developing, I guess, in a way, Victoria and Sonny's. Satsana? Sonne. Sonne's relationship and budding thing. That just seemed, I have to say, really, just really, really familiar to me. Because, um, uh, well, kind of before we were together, I used to, I travelled around Europe a fair bit. You had relationships with other people. I had relationships (laughs) with other people. And um, it was a really common thing. I remember travelling around Europe when you were a young woman. Um, and I think the same thing probably does apply to being a young man as well. But definitely when you're a young woman, you often have this interactions with men, with groups of men. Um, and you there's this sense of danger always, you know, I'm sure it's probably the same now, but it certainly was back in the 90s. So you would be going along and you'd have this excitement because maybe you were sort of, you know, you might have an interaction where you met people and they were brilliant and fun and attractive and you had an exciting evening and sometimes you met people and you got got to a certain point and you got terrifying rapey vibes and you'd, fortunately I never did anything, you know, I, I managed to make escapes but what was the worst thing that happened to you that was like Victoria, like this then, you think? Well, I, I definitely remember me and, uh, you know, uh, my bestie having to... Uh, we were just in the back of a car with some guys and we had to just, you know, run away at some lights and, and make some escape. And it was, it's always in, like, a European city somewhere. Yeah. And it's that kind of, like, nobody, you know, people speaking in, in, in bad English or me trying to speak in bad French or something like that and... So I know it's terrible to sort of get nostalgic about <laughs> about scary events that I really don't want my daughter ever doing or getting into, but it was a really son. fun time. <laughs> no, my son, yeah. yeah. But maybe that there is something. No, to I, me, it feels like a... Um, yeah. To me, that's why I personally love this film, is, is that I'm looking at it, I guess, from a female point of view, because the you're travelling with this protagonist and it's a lot about... You know, initially you think these guys, these guys seem a bit like threatening. I'm not sure they're when you meet them and they're they're obviously a bit dodgy, a bit dodgy. But 
Oh, that's the question. We don't know how dodgy. And But like like Boxer says, I'm not a bad guy. No. And you don't think they're bad guys, really. No, yeah. they're not bad yeah. people. Yeah. Even as Victoria says right at the end, when she's about to do probably the worst thing you can imagine, which is stealing a woman's baby. <laughs> and she's saying, look, we're not bad people. Yeah. We're not, and, she's, and you sort of think, no, you're not bad people, but you're doing something awful. But yeah, yeah so th- that was why I loved... I think that was the most realistic um, time I've ever seen something just shown on, 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 on screen, which really showed something that I'd had really similar kind of nights, meeting people, being not sure, but actually ultimately, up to a certain point, having a really lovely experience. If you just think of that section of the film, maybe the first third of it, which is just her going from being in the club to um, talking to the guys outside and meeting them and having the sort of flirtatious banter uh, and uh, with Sonna and uh, and the friendly stuff with the other guys and which ends ultimately maybe up to the point where she goes to the cafe yeah, with Sonna the piano, and yeah. plays the piano and it's really beautiful and they yeah. have some sort of really intimate thing which probably would have being developed and going in a different direction and then he gets the phone call yeah yeah um, from and the film changes at that and the point, film changes it? and goes in a different direction although yeah. it keeps some of the tonality that yeah. it had from the early thing it's not a kind of um doesn't feel abrupt it doesn't feel awkward um and that's some of the it's, it's fascinating to watch it especially on re-watching it knowing what's coming up and how there is that tone that's kept of sort of like, especially say between her and Boxer and they're still laughing around. Yeah. Um, no, I, not between her and Boxer, rather her and, and uh, Blinker. Blinker. Uh, the guy with the crazy jacket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they're the, the he's, you know, his sister. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and she's sort of, she's got that comfortable relationship with him and... Yeah. Also with also with Boxer as well, because that's part of the reason I think why she says that she'll be his driver, because she's had this little like nice interaction about him saying, I'm not a bad guy. And he's yeah. been a bit sort of like confessional to her. Mm. And you've developed this little intimacy between them. But, but mm. before we get on to that, can I just get back to another thing you're just saying? So you're saying, you know, how you identify with a sort of young woman in a foreign country. And I mean, that's although I'm not a young woman, that's part a lot of what I get from it as well is recognising that situation. Do you think another part of it is the the empathy and identification with the, with Victoria as the main character is partly down to I this could so have been me I I would have made her choices in the same situation don't you it, do you, do you find that Yeah I yeah yes I could I don't feel I mean I know as you do and I'm sure I think you did the same thing looking at the one star reviews on IMDb yeah. a lot of the people and it's it's mostly a very loved film, but some people obviously it was always some people who don't like it, and they were saying I didn't like her character. I didn't. I think they didn't believe in her. But I don't believe she would have made those choices. I, so maybe that's the thing that if you're a person that um, can understand why you make those choices, why you want to put yourself in a position sometimes to do something, it's a scary thing when she says goes along with them, and goes along and goes up. In the building with them to the lift. It's it's. I mean, ultimately, yeah. it's it's all fine and it's all lovely, but uh, you know, as a young woman, that's yeah, that's probably a bad thing to do. It's probably something we'd tell our children not to, but it's great. It's, it's so understandable. You're, you're reaching out yeah. and you're finding out, and it, it's also. I mean, I think there's an element of 
class involved in this as well. I mean, she's... Fr- With the bad boys. Sort yeah, of yeah. And, and she's obviously, I'm guessing, anybody who's done that amount of piano practice and comes from that kind of, you know, went yeah. to a conservatoire or whatever, they must have a bit of a privileged background, you know, they must... And so, but she's looking at Boxer and thinking, here's a lovely man yeah. who's just had a bad bad things happen to him. You know, he's not a bad man, he just does bad things. And they've obviously set up how she's lonely in Berlin. Like there's yeah. the, the brilliant, I think the brilliant scene at the beginning with the barman in the in the oh. club where she offers to buy him a drink and he doesn't even hear what she said. Yeah. Kind of thing. yeah. And and her her face is like, it tells you everything, doesn't it? About like, like she's, oh, that's, oh, and that's what I love about the opening scene as well is the, her really enjoying herself dancing, but her face just falling every so often because she's, trying to convince herself that she's enjoying herself isn't she yeah. sort of and that's so familiar like you're you're like in a you're really unsure of yourself in your early 20s and you're doing something and it is really good this thing you're doing but you're still kind of anxious about am yeah. i am i having a good you're am i having a good time is this, kind of thing is this nice? yeah we're assuming she doesn't appear to be off her face on drugs at that point does she because i don't think things would have i don't know well no well, she She's obviously been drinking, I think, because, she, well, she has another schnapps at the bar, and so you imagine yeah. she's been doing that before. Yeah. But... But she's not... Because yeah. you feel that she would have probably just blended in with everybody else. Yeah, she's been. probably not taken MDMA or something, because that wouldn't... She yeah. wouldn't have come back to have that conversation with the barman if... Uh, like, I was quite surprised she left dance floor, to be honest, at that point. I was thinking, this is great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when you leave that. Yeah. But... Yeah. But yes. Going, yes. So, yeah, but going back to... so. Believing her choice. Believing her joy, and and what you say about the you know the people who didn't enjoy this film as much. Do you think that th- this this scenario just isn't as familiar to them really? I mean, I, f- I feel although it's set in 20, 2014, 2015, this feels like a it feels like a nineties London scenario to me, where the where these although although like you say some of the important part of it is that they're speaking different languages in a foreign city, that kind of elements of Danger feels like the early '90s clubbing scene as well. Like the, perhaps yeah. you know, to be fair, yeah. that's what we recognise. Yeah, that's probably how we like it. it. And I think it probably, I, I, I would guess that this film very much appeals to forty-somethings. Yeah, yeah. I do love. Do you also remember going back to when we first went to see it, and we went with another couple who we didn't know when they were younger. We met them through kids at school, but we know they were heavy party people in yeah. the time. And I just remember. Uh, the female partner coming out and saying, God, I've had some evenings like that. She didn't mean the heist part, obviously. (laughs) No, but she meant that this could, I mean, in the same way we were just saying, she meant that could have happened to me given like certain certain situations changing slightly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. and I think it's true. I never think um, at any point, I mean, because Victoria's, there's some points where she's sort of taking charge and she's, sort of saying, you know, where it almost breaks down um, uh, when I think Blinker has a panic attack in the yeah. car. And that's where she's sort of saying, no, 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 okay, I'm, I'm going to, I want to take charge and this is what we're going to do. Yeah. And she she almost drives it on. And But I believe that because she's a kind person and she thinks this is going to be, we, she's trying to, you know. She's trying to help them. 
yeah, yeah. I mean, almost in a maternal sisterly way like being like no 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 I'm gonna we, we can do this I'm gonna give you this emotional support and and we, we can do this incredibly yeah I, I never I never disbelieve any of her choices in the film no. I, and I thought I thought they were all built up really well really cleverly like Lots of them were sort of like, you know, foreshadowed with other things that they'd done before. Like, like you say, the, the intimate conversation on the roof, that was all building up the likelihood that she would make the decisions in the future about to being, like you said, about being Boxer's driver. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, the, and the relationship that she was developing with um, Sono was also why she would mm. eventually can, yeah can we talk a bit more about that because that's that, a beautiful oh, yes. thing as I mean, well do you think you said at the beginning you think this is a film about a heist or the Berlin club scene I think this is a film about flirting yeah it's <laughs> so much about it is, flirting it is about flirting and, yeah. and flirting in a way I've never seen so well portrayed yeah. and how just that lovely things like uh, the her her giving him a backy or something and then them swapping over and she's saying yeah. oh, you touched my bottom you yes. touched my bottom and that's oh. such a that's what you do in a kind of I'm sort of laying down a boundary that I don't you're not allowed to touch my bottom but actually I'm saying you are allowed to touch my bottom yeah and, oh, the whole push and pull of flirting you try something and then you pull back from it and you try something else and you pull back from it yeah it's just beautiful to watch and I can't Oh, yeah, I can't understand, like, people who thought the first 45 minutes were boring must have been... I suppose their expectations were of a completely Yeah, where's the film. heist? <laughs> where's the heist, yeah. Which, to be fair, like you said, I was thinking that in the first few. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, and that's, yeah. that's fine. I think, oh, the, the, one, that was the one bit I noticed as well, actually past that chunk of time, but because Sonna and her have never... They've never had any sort of um, definitive... Uh, They've never kissed or anything. Till the club at the end. Till the club at the end. But there's a point where after they've done the raid and they think they've successful and they think they're safe and she's parked the car and that tension's over and he goes to kiss her and then he's like, oh no, we're not. And then just hugs her instead. just hugs her and he's (laughs) just got that great look of, oh yeah, we're not not doing this. Um, Oh, can I mention another, another beautiful flirting moment I found was like when they're, when they've come down off the roof and they're going, they're going to the cafe, just like Victoria and Sonna. And um, she goes into the cafe first and he's behind and when the camera's on his yeah. face and he gives this little that. smile, which is so gorgeous. It's like, he, I'm, I'm in I'm here. In, I'm in. Yeah. And he's, I think he sort of looks up to the roof as if yeah. he's just seeing if anybody's looking down at yeah. him. Because there's a little bit of a laddie. I'm yeah. off with the girl. I've, I've won the girl. Because there's me. all the stuff just before he leaves the roof, isn't there? About you coming back. He's like, yeah, I'm coming back. He's like, and it's all kind of like, yeah, well, you're only coming back if. Yeah. Sort of thing. yeah. yeah. <laughs> just walking her down there. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, yeah. yeah. It's, it, that, yeah, it's really delightful. And I, you know, I could, I would have been happy if, to, yeah. to have a film that was just the two of them having a nice, a nice do, relationship. Do you think, because um, we know that, um, well, um, I'm not going to say famously, but it's known that this film, the script is actually only 12 pages long. Yeah. You know, for yeah. a two hour, it should, you know, a normal two hour film be 120 pages long. Sure. So most of the dialogue was improvised. Yeah. And obviously, because they, they filmed, is it right, three or four times? They three filmed times. It? Three times and they used the third take. But, but so, and I'm sure they rehearsed a lot, obviously, beforehand about, you know, the mm. different scenarios. So the actors would have had time to sort of, build up their improvisation a bit but do you think the improvisational nature 
led to that much more natural kind of flirting sort of oh, scenario. Well, I, I think so, for sure. Yeah. It seems... I don't think you could have scripted that almost, could you? Well, you could have done, but no. it would have been much harder, um, I, I mean, think. I know yeah. often you watch things that seem... Um, uh, well, Boyhood, like Link laid films, which seem... I think they're often built up with improvisation, but yeah. then they set the script um, very, uh, you know, definitively. But much easier if you have cuts in your film. No one can remember all that dialogue in this. In like, <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess that's a practical yeah. reason why you absolutely need to do that. Yeah, you have to allow for improvisation. Then. But um, they did, most of it was improvised, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, and it was a... I don't know, You it's just thinking about that one-cut nature as well, because I think that is um, a... a a really positive thing in this film so i think that always makes you has a strong sort of driving forward sort of force doesn't it having um you doing something in one cut and i i really found myself comparing it to um 1917 which yeah. we watched recently which which i don't dismiss as a terrible film i thought it was i thought it was good but i did find myself being distracted by the one cut nature or not it's not truly one cut but it's it, it's yeah it's supposed to be it's supposed to be and you can i think in that film there were a lot of technical marks that the actors had to hit so there were difficult technical things that they had to get from one point to another point in the right timings and i'm sure the actors suffered a little bit yeah. from that because i felt part of their brain was yeah, that's the, thing, that's the thing, isn't it? You're not allowing like them just to concentrate on acting when they're doing that. No. It's like acting in front of a green screen or something, yeah, isn't it? It still yeah. must have been really challenging in Victoria to know that there were at least certain beats they had to they had to hit at the right time. They had to be in the cafe for a certain amount of time and then, you know, and, and they had to leave, you know, they... Because ultimately there were some things they had to do. They had to get the timing of day and night correct at, at the very I guess, least. Yeah. And, and well, they had to. Do they have to get to the banker? Although we never know exactly what time it is in the film, do we? We we're never there told. No, we are told. We are told that the the about the bank robbing robbing scene, the heist scene, uh, will take place at, at six forty-five. But we, but the thing is that we never know what time we've started. So. You know, we know we don't know what time Victoria's in the club at the beginning. So exactly, no. so we well, work it backwards because you know. Yeah, yeah I know, time. I know, but well, what I mean is, it wasn't like they oh, had to okay. exactly get at six o'clock to That's the bank. True. They, That's true. They could say it was six o'clock, and then then that was okay yeah. as long as it was about dawn. That was okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's probably yeah. true. And do, so, do you think? Yeah, maybe you, you think, didn't have so many actual. Marks yeah, I'm it. not. Sh I mean, do you think they knew how long the runtime was going to be? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, they couldn't do. They probably like, oh, speed it up a little bit, please. Yeah, there must have been because you had yeah. for the final scenes with the police chase and things. You obviously had yeah. a lot of actors who have to be ready to go at a certain time. Yeah, but I guess they were just hanging there. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't have, they wouldn't be too off. They'd had some idea. Probably within yeah. ten minutes, so they'd know, sure. wouldn't yeah. they? Yeah. So that's so that was good. You know, that, that meant that the actors seemed to be really in the flow, yeah. and um, they didn't. You know, they. Yeah, the, the actors were really there and much better. Because I, I felt the acting in this was just fantastic. I, I just kept... It was just, yeah, amazing, I thought. Yeah, yeah. because, it's, I mean, again, sorry to sort of... It sounds like I'm really shitting on 1917, which I'm not, but you were so aware of the concept. But in this film, there were times where I thought, 
how did the how did they get into the car or something like that? There were just a few times yeah. where I, I remembered that these were actors who would have been doing this and being followed around by a cameraman the whole time. But for the most part, I wasn't. For the most part, I was just... And honestly, even though it's the third time I watched it, I was still sort of hoping Victoria doesn't agree to go off with them <laughs> yes. or, or the other point of thinking maybe this time they'll be able to get away from the police. So... Those, that kind of magical thinking that you get into when you're yeah. really involved in a film. So is, that the just, mark, is that the mark of a good film, do you think? I, th- yeah. I think it is, isn't it? I think it, it is. Yeah. If you can be so in it that you, you forget the reality that it's A, a film, and B, it's a film you've seen. <laughs> yes. So you're still like, oh, no, he's it's got like, shot. Yeah, like when Victoria's watching them, she's in the cafe, and they're all outside, and they're like stealing a car or whatever, yeah. and she's watching them, and you're thinking... You don't have to go out. Stay. Just, just stay in the cafe. Brush your teeth. Yeah. I mean, you're going to feel fucking awful in the morning anyway. And you, you've been part of me is thinking, oh, no, what an awful thing. She's only going to get a couple of hours sleep and then she's got yeah. a hard day in a cafe. But that really is the least of yeah. her problems. But yeah. I, th- I think it should mention this part. From, I, mean, I thought thought the um, the lead actress playing, was it her name? Lila Costa playing yeah. um, Victoria is amazing. Like... Uh, her because she uh, she was like the eyes of the film in a lot of way and her expressions I think and her eyes like told you so much about what was going on like like the bit we were just talking about when she's brushing her teeth in the cafe mm. just like she's just sitting there and you can just see her thoughts can't you she's thinking about giving up her piano career and she's thinking about how well this is what I felt she was thinking anyway and she's thinking about how she does have this talent and has she been has she been crazy to sort of give up at it and and obviously she's completely impressed Sonna with it and she's thinking about Sonna and she's thinking is this a guy and I, all yeah, these things are in I, her head and well, like, I was sort of thinking taking from it that she's thinking I'm a bit of a failure reminded of her failure yeah. at piano yeah. that's why I I thought that's what prompted her more into doing something into be doing something bold yeah. and going along with the oh I love it when Sonna's sort of persuading her and he he. I, he really, he reminds me actually of, um, you know, that as I was referring to my bestie who I did a lot of travelling with yeah. and she eventually, she married a French guy um, and he, he, well, he really reminds me of Sonna. This, this what, in the way he would persuade? Yes, I know what you mean. He yeah. has that slight similar look and that kind of, you know, uh, you, you know, you don't, you don't have to do this. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do this. But the thing, the thing but, was, he, he, in his saying, you don't have to do this, he really was saying that as well, wasn't he? That's yeah. why. That's why he's such a great character, I think, because you really empathize. He he's a really kind guy. He's like he's not really. He's just thinking, fucking. I have to do this for my friend, and I've said to do this, and I really don't want to involve this girl in this. And and he's thinking, no, it'll be all right. She can just drive us there. That'll be all right. That's not going to put her any harm. And he is really considering about her, isn't he? Yeah. And you can feel it all in what he's saying to her and he's trying to give her the optat and he's thinking, look, I'll just put it to her and she can decide she to can say make no. She that decision. Yeah. Uh, so that's not too bad. And Boxer is like... Boxer's hassling him the whole time, isn't he? And he's really annoyed at Boxer, but he loves Boxer. And, yeah. And, yeah, God. So, I'm so... And I think the, it's the, the great acting really... I'm so... I say no all these characters by the time we get to the actual heisty part. I just know who they all are kind of thing. Even Blinker, yeah. who's not really, doesn't get so much screen time as the others. I just know what type of person he is. I know the sort of people I've met who are like him, who are yeah. a bit off the wall. I mean, he's really like, he even looks a bit like a friend of mine's brother I'm thinking of, one who's <laughs> a bit sort of like, 
you know, party animal, not really that thoughtful, but loyal and trustworthy at the same time. Yeah. Like, oh, I so know them all. It's, it's yeah. really good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe that's the thing that the film is sort of saying, look, this is terrible things happen. Sometimes if you hear the news and hear about some criminals doing something, well, don't they might assumptions be these four. about where they came <laughs> yeah. from, you know, because, yeah, yeah different people that go along on a different path. Yeah. But yeah, there's a film so there's there's the first third of the film, beautiful, really beautiful, flirtatious thing that happens, and then the the second part, which I think it sort of ends up, up at the climaxing in the heist itself, really, is just this sort of sickening thing where you're seeing somebody get more or Victoria getting more and more involved. So initially it is just yeah, just driving. Okay, I can drive. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. And then as they go to the sort of gangster basement place. Um, I love her comment. He's got a gun, and no one said it. No one replies. <laughs> yeah, I th- and I think there's some point like after she's committed, actually, a little bit before that, she says, "It's not. We're not going to do anything bad, are we?" <laughs> yeah. Or something, and everybody's a bit silent. But I think even because, of course. Box is the only one with a really good idea, and he, even he's not that. He sure. doesn't know exactly what he doesn't know what's asked for. Certainly, Sonner and yeah. Blinker don't really no. know what's going to be asked for them, and they're uh, probably similarly terrified as as Victoria. I think Boxer probably knows he's going to be asked to do a job of some kind, but he doesn't know it's going to be right now. So he's thinking Victoria can yeah. come along and drive them there, and then she can go again. Yeah, maybe they're just showing yeah. that yeah, who's who's here. Well, that's what they think, and then they find out. Yeah, because he says, doesn't he? He says, um, the the gangster guy explains what they're going to do, and Boxer goes, "What right now?" now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think they they were all been trying to convince themselves that no, 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 it's just a it's just a test, isn't yeah. it? For, um, and it gets re- and there's again, you could kind of believe that Victoria would say at that point. Jesus, I didn't realise it was this. I'm getting out of here. But, what, whilst in the garage? Well, she hasn't got that option, has she, really? Because um, there's, for one thing, they, I think they say, well, we won't do it. I'll, I'll give you the money. I'll get you 10 grand. Yeah. But um, uh, it'll give me a week. And then they say, well, we're taking her. We're taking yeah, 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 yeah. Bitch. Yeah, that's, um, that's the part that kind of, that could have, that could have solved it, couldn't it? Like, yeah. boxer says he could do that but there's but that, no way they can do that after and then because it's Sonna that says no no we're going to do it isn't yes, it after that yeah. there's no way he's letting uh, yeah yeah, yeah be, Victoria be taken like that hurt. Yeah. and I I like when they do the run through so they get yeah them, you know I mean there's that comedy bit with the door sticking and them saying at the end oh, I, I won't do the door thing and, you know. yeah but the fact it just made me think oh yeah we're watching a heist film in most heist films this is the kind of um, the key part, you know, that great bit, which I, I can't help but loving in heist films, where they're doing a practice run, yes. and normally they do it over and over again, and there's a whole, how can we beat 35 seconds off of our time when the security guards go, and then they do it, and they beat the clock or something. There's always somebody with a stopwatch. Yeah. There's all sorts of, there's all sorts of norms, and based, they're doing the same thing, but it's just... It's not bad, is it? They do. It yeah. probably does help them to do a run through. Yeah, 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 no, absolutely. And the guy gives them some practical tips. And yeah, things. and you're almost into it for a little bit. Oh, you think, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> right. Yeah, make sure. Yeah, they've divided up their roles. And um, tell you what, I really like in the run through as well is where the gangster guy, I think he's called Andy or something, is it? Mm. But yeah, um, says uh, so. 
who's going to be the sort of power guy? Who's going to like? Who's going to be the control guy? And they say that that's Boxer or something, don't they? And they say, so who's who's calling the shots? And yeah. they all go, it's Sonner because <laughs> yeah, because we know, don't we, that he's the, the sensible he's the one, he's right? the clever well, the cleverer one, the one who can organise stuff and yeah, one who gets stuff done. Yeah, uh, the less likely, less kind of off the wall one than the others. Yeah, yeah. Great, who now gets lumbered. Yeah. And he even puts himself forward as well, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's okay, me. I'll do I'll that. Do that. Yeah. yeah, so the group dynamic is really well understood. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. they're then made to, what, they take, give him some Coke, uh, oh, cocaine oh, yeah, and what, something? I don't know like, what the other thing was. It wasn't something I recognised the name of. It looks like they're snorting it, like probably some kind of an, almost. Or, or amphetamine of some kind, yeah. It? yeah, so that gets them riled up. Yeah. But causes possibly causes Blinker to have a panic attack. Yes, well. I think yeah. Are you thinking at that point as well thinking, these guys have already been up all night and they're quite drunk. <laughs> Although I was actually thinking the coke is probably a good idea at this point because yeah. they it will keep them a little bit sharper. Yeah. So but I think that's I'm assuming that's what the, the why Blinker then has a, a panic attack. Yeah, he's taken because he says, "Can I have some more?" Doesn't he? He keeps saying, "Give oh, me more." Okay. Yeah, yeah, right, that, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, I think that's the explanation. So then that. he has that horrible point, and they're driving, and it's like, "No, no!" And you really are beginning to think, "Shit, he is like, what is going on?" It's not yeah. just him having nerves. This is, this is, yeah. this is bad. And then was the was the kind of plot point of Blinker having panic attack? Was that so they could stop the car? And have the conversation with Boxer saying, I'll do it on my own. And then Victoria saying to be his driver, do you think? Do you think I that think was the whole so. point of that? Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, yet again, giving her an opportunity. To get out. To get out. Making yeah. it clear that Boxer is not somebody who, 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 who he hasn't realised how much he's dragging her into this. Yeah. And he, you know, does he wants to give her a chance not to do yeah. that. And she's... But, you know, I, I like I was saying earlier, she's like, no, I want to, I want to look after. She wants to look after Blinker, and she's she's the one who's saying, stop, stop shouting at him. This isn't going to help. Yeah. You know, I'll, she pushes Boxer away. Yeah, this point, is yeah. we need to approach this more softly. Like I can do this, I can yeah. handle this. And she calms him down. And she, she calms him down. Yeah. She does, and she does, you know, solve that situation and, and yeah. brings it forward. And, and that's, and I think she's like, yes, yeah, well, I've got this. Yeah, I'll be the driver. Yeah, <laughs> I'm all right. I can do this. Um, yeah. Because the whole the whole pull of the pull of the whole film really is, will Victoria take the opportunity to not go along with them anymore? Really, isn't it? That's like the whole all the beats all the way through are yeah. all driven by that. I think. I guess so. I yeah. guess so. All the times that she could have got out, yeah. Yeah. Um, which so the this next section I guess culminates in the actual raid itself, which yeah. again is you just and, the, and partly that thing of just being there with yeah. with Victoria even though you're not you don't see the actual raid but just this it's short all she has to do is you know that tension the when they get out the car as well you think fuck are they really doing this and it yeah. feels like you're almost doing it like you're almost thinking Christ are we really going to do this are we really going to shoot at these people and oh my god they run out and then she drives around and the car stalls oh that is, I mean, that is the tensest moment of the film, oh, isn't it? Uh, Do you remember these the sounds in the cinema when watching that? It was just kind of like, oh, God. No. <laughs> and, and you, I think the first time I watched it, I hadn't really got the fact that obviously it's stolen the car, so it's hot wired, whatever yeah. the hell actually implies so there's some complex thing you need to do with wires to get the yeah. it's probably not that work. complex but you got no probably to do. not but yeah. and you just you can recognize that panic thing and, and getting I, out the car and going that, underneath looking the wheel and looking and even if it was 
fairly obvious to somebody who's systematically doing it in that state of panic you could do nothing and you yeah. and she portrays that so well that sort of sickening thing and it just i mean that reminds me of sometimes things at work when something goes horribly wrong and i'm just like oh god oh god what well, i can't i can't see almost just I to remind people that um, tyler is midwife she's not like you know an insurance broker yeah. or <laughs> These are matters of life and yeah. death. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> and, and normally when I say it's not really death, it's not. It's just fine. It's yeah. like, you know, within a few minutes. It's just when you have is, emergencies, yeah. I know how much your heart goes. And if you're yeah. not, when it's something new, you cannot see crap. But it's fine. I've got an emergency bell and other people come in and take yeah. it over. Victoria didn't have an emergency bell in that, this situation. No, she didn't have a nice <laughs> red button that she could pull and get help. Full marks to box, though, coming back in after the rain. He really should start the car really quickly. He does, and he's really quite calm. Although he has that thing of coming in and then going out again, doesn't he? Do you remember that he doesn't... Everybody rushes into Victoria and she's saying, boxer, boxer, the car, the car, the car. Yeah, yeah. And then he goes back. It's so messy, yeah. but in a very natural way. It's only just occurred to me, actually. Did he actually hotwire it in the situation while they're filming it? How would he have got the car started otherwise? Or was it... Was the car... No... I was thinking, was the car still running and they took the sound off? He could lean over. Maybe the ignition, they just hide the ignition and he's just turning the actual ignition. Maybe. That's all. Yeah, that's true. That's fine. I didn't, you yeah. don't have to. He do, it looks like he's fiddling with the that's So they just say, cover that. it with your body and turn the key kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. <laughs> yeah. But can you imagine if the car didn't start whilst filming as well? Like, yeah, There must have been. And I think that's partly the and again, where that process of filming, yeah. it, because it's not just the technical things of hitting the mark, but these people, because we know it's the third night of, of filming. Yeah, we know as well that, um, well, we know now that they had a sort of thing saying, like, if it didn't work this time, they were just going to have to remake it with cuts. Yeah, yeah. they were going to do it. It was going to be like yeah. a, a, little, a little bit more like uh, Birdman or, or, yeah. or 1917, where it's it has an, a bit yeah. of an illusion and jump. Jump cuts, they call it. I don't know. Um, I've seen that yeah. word mentioned. Yeah. Um, which would be fine, but not the same. So, they, so there must have been a lot of tension. You know the dip director's in the car as well. Yes, he's in the, in, the in the boot, isn't he, at that point? And yeah. the cameraman squatting down there. So everybody, they are... that t- The tension is real. Yeah. And then there's the great bit, which is mentioned in trivia, and, and people may have heard about if they like the film, that when she's driving off and, of course... After the raid. The, after the raid. Yeah. And the characters are very tense and everything, but then she makes almost makes the wrong turn. Yeah, in really in makes real life, and yeah. everybody, including the director, shouts at that point to yeah. say, "No, no, 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 that one, not that one." Apparently, they managed to um, take his audio off the yes. final audio, <laughs> shouting from the boot. Because <laughs> he must have How shouted. Do you know which direction they were going if he was in the boot? I can't remember what sort of car is it. Is it? Yeah. I, I couldn't be shut in the boot. We can be claustrophobic. Well, there you go. You're not. Yeah. You're not directing. But they said. They said, didn't they? That that the cameraman, the very skilled cameraman, saved the situation then by um, lowering himself down so that he wasn't seeing out the windows because otherwise he'd have seen all the film crew round yes. up, up the wrong road. That was that yeah. was the issue, wasn't it? Yeah, that was the problem. And they said they're back up, back up. Back up, and she does back up quite a way, doesn't she? Oh. Back on. oh, God. But it all, like you say, it all adds to the tension. I know. I mean, good. even just talking about it, it's making yeah. me have that physical reaction of my bottom clenching and my stomach feeling sick. And, yeah. and, and yeah, it, it conveys their tension amazingly, yeah. even though I feel a bit sorry for the actors having to go through that sort of grind. But, yeah. But yes, so that, that's, to me, that's the second section of the film. Um, the high section. Yeah, the high yeah. section. The flirting section, then flirting the high section. Flirting section, high section, and then the post-high section yeah. after that, which I think 
I think especially on rewatches maybe doesn't hold me in quite the same way as the other two bits. Okay, um, what, what do you mean? Respects. I think it's sort of, well, I, I like the bit where they go to the club. Yeah. But maybe after that, I found myself knowing what was going to happen and not not managing to enjoy it. So I it's not know. quite, not quite it, so on, a, on a repeated viewing, it doesn't kind of grab you in quite the same way as not the actual quite, heist and, no. the, and the beginning flirting But it does. still has its good, yeah. it's still good. It's I mean, I think there's only excellent. sections that don't kind of, I'm not, are you are you talking about the bit basically where they're they're coming out the club after the second time and they're sort of real they then they find the police are with the car and they're sort of running around town and then they eventually have to shoot out kind of thing and before they because once they get get to the flat with the couple in I'm back in there with the tension yes, again yeah that's true yeah. The, the, so I guess they just have to get there don't they? yeah that's yeah. that's a very good moment um, part of me is like why are you being so stupid to go back to the club but I do understand that that's what that is happening there. also a club feels like a pretty good place to hide out really doesn't it that, I don't think they were thinking about that no. but what you don't do is say here have a hundred euros <laughs> have another hundred euros I've got I've got loads of money but again brilliantly set up by the very beginning of the film where they're not being allowed in because they no. haven't got any money and, and they're going, I could buy this club kind of thing. And now they've got all this money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and they are, you know, they're, they're chemically a little bit off their faces anyway. Well, not to mention the adrenaline. The, yeah, <laughs> yeah, huge, huge adrenaline. Yeah. And the club scene does give you... I, I mean, also, the other thing we should say is that this film is great for depicting the joy of clubbing and, and dancing yeah. and, and those sort of moments. And you get the lovely kind of the final kind of kiss between Victoria and Sonna. Some great extra flirting bits there where they're sort of kissing and then she pushes him away and slaps him on the cheek a bit or whatever yeah. to sort of say, no, what are you doing kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, yeah. yeah. So a brilliant recapture I, of the flirting moments. Do you think Gen Z are like, mm, those are mixed messages that we don't <laughs> believe in? Greg, Maybe. You. Well, that was one of the things that occurred to me, I thinking, you know, like we said earlier about how, this film really appeals to 40-somethings, I think, because it's a, it feels like our 20-somethings. What it's like, is it, do you think this is the, this is the, for 20s, people who are 20-something now, does this resonate in the same way? I don't know, because I'm not in my 20s. But no. I, yeah, I don't know. I haven't. Um, well, my nephew, who lives in Berlin, has watched this film and loved it. So, yeah. I, I, well, I think, yeah. I think, um, I think it resonates. I'm sure. I yeah. don't think it's. We're just we're just viewing it through our own eyes and then putting our values on it. So yeah, knowing yeah. your nephew, he can very much empathise with getting involved in situations I'm like sure that. Sure, he must have had some evenings <laughs> that went a little bit that way. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe given that he lives around the corner of where this was filmed in the same location. In the same location, <laughs> possibly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. must have been an added bonus. Yeah. But um, yes, I love it. I, I love you having the naked men. As they're dancing, yeah. that's just... Do you know what I like about that as well is is that it's a reminder that, you know, if you're in a club or we're in the club sort of more, <laughs> if you get guys coming in who start to like, you know, first we'll take the tops and then get naked, it's kind of like, oh, for God's sake, it's those type of guys. But you're so <laughs> you're so invested in the, in the characters of these people, you sort of like, you just feel all sort of caring towards them instead. Yeah. And, and I think it's, it's a great, it's a great sort of like... I mean, we'll talk about this a bit later about, you know, is this art or not about empathising with people who normally you'd find irritating? You know, yeah. it's it's very much about Seeing that, I their think. journey. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So they get thrown out of the club. Yeah. Unsurprisingly, after all that 
ridiculousness. Now, then they're sort of happily wandering and they go back to the car. Yeah, or they come back across where the car is. It's, only, it's really nearby the club, isn't it? Yes. And then they find the police with the car. And they find the police yeah. and they probably would have been fine if they just wandered about a bit. If they'd split up. I'd <laughs> say, so yes. we've got four of them kind of thing. But yeah. I believe that you would do that yeah. because you're not thinking, right? Do you know what it really reminded That's... me of that situation was of losing the children in town? And I was reminded of the state that your brain goes into when that's happened to you. And you, your all thinking processes completely disappear. Yours, I had my bike with, I've told you this before, but I had my bike with me at the time. And I locked my bike up, unlocked my bike, wheeled it up towards where there might be, brought it back again, locked it up again, unlocked it again. And like my brain was just telling me to do all these things. It was completely stupid. And so it made me remember what kind of... St- situation their brains would have been in so yeah. i completely understand them not doing it yeah not splitting I, up i not doing anything sensible it's believable of course you can look at it and see like yeah. God, this is so stupid but you don't you, yeah. you don't think ahead so i love how we never really see the police as well do we we just yeah. see we hear them and we hear them calling yep and telling them to stop kind of thing but we're so focused on the four yeah. of them i mean i guess yeah. that's a necessity for, for the one cut you only have one cameraman he can only be on one group of people but you could you could have swung around shown things yeah no that's, you, we want to be on them we want to empathise with them yeah, that's what the camera does for us isn't yeah, it? yeah. You're, you're just on their journey and yeah. and it's it's so scary as they're running through and what's going to happen and then the, the horror when you know they foolishly they have their guns out yeah. so they get but Sonner's the one who does it first he's the one who first yeah. shoots and like he's basically the most sensible one he, he's yeah. at the back and he gets his gun out. And then once he's fired, then all the others are firing as well. They're in this different world. He's yeah. entered this weird gangster world that probably feels like he's in a film or something. Yeah. And he hasn't really thought through what this means. Yeah. And then and then it gets really dark. Because first, I think Blink is like just shot. Shot, yeah. obviously, badly taken down instantly. Um, it's great camera work as well with like, you just see the Blinkers fall down the shot. Yeah. And... Actually, I don't think we know that in the end that Blinker did wasn't actually dead at that point because he's still moving, you can see him moving, and we hear on the news report when they're in the hotel that we know that Boxer would have been shot dead because he just goes out with guns blazing. They were definitely going to have shot him down. Yeah. So Blinker must have been alive but died in the ambulance. Oh, okay. The hospital. I thought it was the other way around. Really. It well, it's not difference. short, but that was my understanding of it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's and the two of them. So it's Victoria and Sonna. They then, like you said, it ramps up again tension wise even more when they go into the um, yeah. the block and force their way into a flat. The baby is a genius move having the baby in there. <laughs> it's essentially you're just saying, like I said, it's like this part of it is this journey for Victoria, who's just a really lovely person, doing the worst thing. One of the worst things I could imagine doing yeah. to somebody, which is stealing their baby from them. Um, and I mean, even even when they go into the flat, someone says, you've got a baby, you let me in here? Yes. What people are you? Yeah. <laughs> you like you gave me a choice. Yeah. That's just the irony yeah. of him. His, his decent self is angry at them for letting him in. Yeah, what he's meaning is... You should have let yourself be shot rather than letting me let you yeah. into here. I would have done that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's going on in his head. Yeah. And he sort of was almost lost it then, I think. But it, And it's actually Victoria who, who... pulls it together. Pulls it she together. She slaps him around the face, doesn't she, to pull him together. Yeah. And she's the one who's got the... It's, you know, the more sort of meaner streak of like, I'm going to use the baby. That's our only way no, out. You don't think Sonna would have done that? 
I think he wouldn't have done that without her saying... He was prepared to give up do. at that point, wasn't he? Yeah, I yeah. mean, he was prepared to give up, think that's yeah. it. And she's like, no, no, we're not doing that, I think. Yeah. Because she wants to protect Sonna, that's she's, what she's doing. She's she's fallen in love and this is, yeah. this is what she wants. I don't think it's just about protecting Sonna. I think she's also, like, thinking... I want to get out of this situation. You know, yeah. I, I did not. This this wasn't the end of the evening I was planning. This is not fair. Really. Yeah. This is. I didn't really do anything. Fair. I felt was wrong. How is yeah. this? How yeah. has this happened? Um, but we've we've seen we've nicely seen that her character set up with things like her sitting on the edge of the roof on when they're up on the roof at the beginning, haven't we? Mm. Like sitting up and um, they're all scared for her. I think she's a little bit kind of you know yeah. a little bit mad in some ways. Yeah. yeah. I, could, I was the sort of person to do that. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have stolen a fucking baby, though. I don't think. But, but then you think, no, but you would have done it in that situation. I would have done. Yeah, once yeah, you got to there. That's that, what's so brilliant about it, is that it's making think, us feel we could have done any of this. I could have done, I yeah. could have stolen a baby. I could definitely have been Sonna in this situation. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Just that thing of thinking, look, I'm not a bad person. I'm going to, it's going to be okay. I'm going to put your baby in that shop over there in like 15 minutes you have your baby back. Yeah. You know, like, it's it's okay. I'm not being bad. Yeah. Oh, I'm feeling God. I'm feeling all het up about it now. Again, just talking about it. Barely slept. <laughs> yeah. So, so amazing that yeah. that's getting us to have those yeah. experiences. Anything else that you haven't talked about so far about other things that you really like about the film? Or you oh. just kind of covered it all? I think that's, I mean, the, the yeah, the obviously there's the end. Oh, the one thing also I liked... Um, which is just a moment going back more linking to the sort of flirtatious niceness and clubbing is when they do get into a cab. Um, um, so after they drop, drop the baby oh, right, and yes. they get a cab and they get the cab to take them to a hotel. Yeah. It really reminded me of when you'd had, obviously, the hard nights clubbing we had were not similar to having their hard night of clubbing stroke heisting, but... That times when you're you're out and you're really done in and everything's wearing off and you're just you just it's, need it's to light. collapse and it's, it's light yeah, yeah. and then you get a cab you get in the back and you make a little bit of polite conversation with the cabbie and you think I'm safe I can, from here oh. when when I get out of this cab I will be near my bed I'm gonna get into a nice bed yeah. and I'll be oh, I might even have a shower <laughs> yeah. and that would be lovely yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't. That was that was nice. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if they meant to imply that, but that it really. No, I me I, that, I remember. I mean, I can remember the feeling that taxis feel like these sort of like beacons from heaven, oh. don't they? Like when the light, the lights on, the lights coming uh. down the street, the lights on, you can get into it. And yeah, so, uh, um, yeah. I mean, maybe that's a nineties thing because so many people do Ubers these days. So you wouldn't. Maybe, you don't yeah. have that. Yeah, anyway, yeah. let's not reminisce and go, <laughs> get boring. Um, but so, yeah, that was the only yeah. other thing I thought, oh, that's lovely. Yeah. Um, so um, as we try and think about with these films, would this be the kind of film you'd have as a girlfriend-boyfriend test? If you're, if you're a potential partner, you're watching this film for the mm. first time, didn't like this film, would that be a, would that be a death knell to the relationship? Yet again, I was, and I'm sure I've said this before, I was going to be more open-minded... <laughs> And say, no, this is, you know, it's a very particular type of film. So I should be understanding if somebody doesn't want to follow, you know, two, two hour plus one take film. Yeah. Um, is, is quite kind of, you, you would expect it to be hard work. Um, but when, to, again, in talking about it and thinking that 
the people that did have a problem with it were the people that didn't understand Victoria's experience and didn't understand those times when you do make bad decisions, but you, you know, I mean, I've made some foolish, maybe some dangerous decisions, but it's been okay and it's played out well. And um, sometimes I've had some really good nights because of it. Um, almost like that's the sort of person that's a little bit closed-minded and... So to not understand that a decent person could make these decisions, you think, is kind of saying that a potential partner would not be similar enough to you to get on with. Yeah, but maybe these days, I'm getting on, I don't really want to do that anymore, yeah, well, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. So uh, maybe it would have been all right, but certainly my younger self yeah. would have wanted somebody who would have been like that. Yes. I, I don't think this is this isn't as um, clear a case as say with Lost in Translation or Dead Poets Society. I think I think someone who didn't like those films has no heart. Has no heart, okay. but not with this one. I can I can understand people yeah. not, and especially like you know, like we said when we first saw it, it's kind of like you get forty five minutes in and they're still playing the piano and Catherine, and you're thinking, where's the heist film? Heist. So it was. I like the jarringness of the the second half compared to the first half, but I can understand if you didn't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's fair enough. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't. Um, okay. Yeah. So I, it's a it's a borderline case this mm -hmm. one, isn't it? For I think for. So are there any parts of it that you think would be better, or even even better if you know? Would you yes. change? I um, th there's just a few things, and I don't know how you would alter it, but sometimes you just think, um, about the plan, like the master gangster's plan. I think doesn't completely make sense. Like he knows about, presumably he's got to have known about this guy going to the bank at seven o'clock in the morning the night the woman, before. The woman going to the bank. I got whoever the woman. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. So he knows that this opportunity is there the following morning. So, I think I'd have given my guy boxer a little bit more of a heads up. <laughs> Perhaps checked he hadn't been out for a night's drinking no, beforehand. Because sometimes you get, can't always get hold of somebody on the phone as well. So yeah. your boxer might have also just been asleep. In fact, he probably would have. Most people would be asleep. Well, there's a the there's a possibility that the um, gangster guy had only just found out that this was okay. this was going on, and so was thinking, okay, here's this opportunity. It's happening in two hours' time. Who can I call on? Oh yes, I have this sort of like group of people who I provided protection for. I'm going to say, maybe Boxer was the third person he rang up, you know. Yeah. Have him on the list. Have him on the list, yeah. The snow list. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. Okay. So well, I, I, it's not completely, but I agree that it's it's sort of necessary to make, I, I don't mind that aspect of the story at all, I have to say, because you can you can sort of work around its credibility. And it's okay. I have more of a problem, actually, with the character of the gangster themselves. Mm. There was such a stereotype. And sure. when, when all of the other characters seem so like real life, yeah, I would have liked someone who was someone a bit more like Gus in Breaking Bad, for example, who was just a little bit less sleazy and yeah. But Gus yeah. is such a kind of and he's built up to be that that character. I mean, after all, this guy doesn't. I suppose he is pretty. He's a bit bleak, bleak. Pretty. Grim, it's pretty a bit pretty of a stereotype, rude. really, isn't it? And like, I kind of balked at him just calling her the bitch all the time as well. Like, it's sort of like yeah. I don't actually believe hardened gangsters are really like that some of them completely no i think most of the yeah. time people are just practical about stuff like this i mean if we're if we're so. looking at sonna and boxer and people and we're thinking 
yeah, these are guys who have done some slightly dodgy stuff in the past. And we hear about some of the dodgy stuff, like, you know, about Blinker nicking pizza bikes and stuff like that. Yeah. But ultimately, we we know that they're, they have a good side to them. The same is true of hardened gangsters in some ways. Like, they're not all bad. And that's... I think that's what good films do, really. They show you both sides of things. So I would that's have, true. I feel, I feel that character was a little bit, yeah, stereotyped. Well, yeah, yeah like maybe if he'd have, he could have explained about why this is so last minute, but you've still, you know, anyway, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's more just his, more just his character. You know, he was the, you know, dressed in a leather jacket and it yeah. was just like really cruel and yeah, that's, yeah. And I, there was some. I didn't quite believe that they could step away from the. I thought it was. I quite. I kind of believed them getting away with the baby. I'd have thought somebody would have given them a second glance, and when they noticed that they'd left a baby in a shop, and then well, there was no one. All the police were focused on the building, weren't yeah. they? I guess, but yeah. I could. I can go. Yeah, I can yeah, give that. It's, it's, it's possible. Yeah. And the other thing is the only thing, and I think this is just a on rewatch and it certainly wasn't a problem when I first watched it because I was like what is going to happen here but I did think just that last scene in the hotel this time I watched it just slightly dra- dragged almost do you mean after just, Sonna's died or just the whole hotel that, yeah the whole hotel because I knew <laughs> I knew what was going to happen I was like okay they get into a hotel room and Sonna will die and yeah. she'll be sad and then she'll leave with the money and um, and 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 be- because I had a good memory of that, I didn't have any. Also, where's the ambulance for that man? He's some <laughs> yeah. time. I mean, I guess it does take a while, but yeah. Oh, well, I, I, I must say, I don't mind the. I feel it's the sort of like the necessary karma ending to yeah. a very hectic film, and they and I, I do. I like the all the walking round of the very plush hotel in the contrast to everything that's gone on. Yes, gone on before. That is yeah. quite like there's that great, great shot of Sonna, who's obviously now feeling the pain of having been shot, leaning on the sofa, and all you see is his head, and you just see in the background, you just see Victoria up at the desk sorting out their room. She's obviously yeah. having a sweet talk with the guy because they don't have a passport. Mm. And I just like I could have lingered on that for a long time. That shot, it's just like yeah, okay. I think I, I really, I think. Sonna is the acting star of this film. I have to say, Victoria's brilliant, but I think mm. Sonna's acting is is just astonishing. Mm. You know, the all the things he goes through with like Boxer and then Victoria and the flirting and the yeah, it's everything. Yeah, I think mm. he's, I think it's really good. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, it's good. Yeah. Um, so and, and um, I have one other thing. I thought I thought that the um, just at the beginning when they first come out of the club. Sort of some, I don't think I even noticed it when first watching it, but the sort of the slightly homophobic comments the guys are making. I was are, thinking about that. And yeah. I was thinking, is that, this is, is only 2015. Yeah. Have we, have we changed so much that I just, but I'm sure I didn't really notice it the first time. So that's I, I mean, have Culture has changed a lot. And also, you know, these are guys in their, how old would you say they are roughly? Late 20s? Yeah. Yeah. Late 20s could be early 30s. Also, we can't you can't um, compare our culture in exactly where we live in the UK to how it is in Berlin. Yeah, either. it's not I, identical. So yeah. oh yeah, we do we do live in a a, a very liberal bubble. So yeah. I I don't know. I, yeah, I was I did notice that and I thought about it, but it's certainly 
it, yeah, there's something really distasteful now about any kind yeah. of homophobic remarks like that. But... Distasteful, but certainly didn't feel out of character. No, uh, so, so I sort of ummed yeah. and about yeah. how I felt about that and thought, yeah, these these are kind of grifty guys in yeah. Berlin. Yeah, they they do make yeah. shit, talk shit yeah, remarks yeah, yeah. like that. And we're, and we're meant to think of them as like, you know, have they have a bad side to them. Mm. So that's that's fine. That's kind yeah. of what we what to be expected, yeah. really. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah I did yeah. noted. So uh, as we always end with, yeah. we always think about like, is this film one of, you know, a film, one of your favourite films, one of my favourite films as well, to be honest. Um, is it art? What does that question mean? Yeah. yeah. Thinking I about know. it, and we, now, now that we've done, now that we're quite way through this series of podcasts, obviously you know, we need to relate it to how, what we've said about this in the past for other films. So I think in the last time, the last time we were talking about this, we were talking about um, boyhood and how something that sort of drew together a lot of the films that we'd really liked was a kind of nostalgia to them in a way, a nostalgia for our past history, things that mm-hmm. happened to us in, in the past, you know, particularly with the Before Trilogy and Lost in Translation, the, that sort of, and Dead Poets Society, yeah, and, and Boyhood in, in particular. Um, how does this fit into that, our sort of ideas that we talked about then, that art? So, well, well you, that seems to be different. So that seems to be, I think the nostalgia thing comes into something when we think of something as one of our favourite films. But art, is something else like nostalgia seems a bit of an enemy of art in a way um because nostalgia has a link to sentimentality and that seems to be something that i feel is the opposite of art yeah so well I, yeah i i know what you mean because we talked about this before didn't we but on the other hand we still thought that those films that have a nostalgic element to them are art like because they they're a reflection of our lives and we so empathize with the characters in them okay i mean i yeah i don't know i was again i realize i'm just having this circular argument almost every time where i watch a film build myself up to love it and then i want to i want to give it this kind of label this blessing of it being art as well as it being something i love but i want it to have this extra kudos um, we don't require that of all the films in the series, though, do we? No, no, we don't. But I, I hmm, more so than I, I, yeah, I don't know. Not always, but some, but often. Um, but the the things I was thinking about weren't so much about nostalgia, which is why I feel it's something that I love. You know, sort of, it's all the ways in which it reminds me of something um, that I've experienced, but then takes it to a different place. Um, but the reason I thought it has some value is it makes me feel that I've lived this person's experience. Um, and maybe that's just through the, the almost a gimmick of the, the one shot take, but it, it makes me feel. It's not just that, is it? It's the acting as well. Yeah. That for you. But so I've, I've got this, this link and this relationship with this character and then she does, and I, I can empathize with her and then it makes, it takes it me into a different place and it makes me, think okay I could have done that and that seems to be something some kind of definition of art maybe to make you be able to see the world through somebody else's eyes and um, gain empathy yeah no no I I mean I think the empathy is the important part isn't it Um, I mean it does it have to be that it takes you somewhere that you wouldn't have 
you wouldn't have gone your that you haven't been yourself. No. It just takes you somewhere that you can imagine yourself going, given the same circumstances. I suppose that's sort of thinking about um, one of the values of art rather than the definition of art. So we sometimes say that the great uses of art is that it can help you see somebody else's experience, and that's almost got like a political value because if we um, you know if we watch something it's not a documentary but it's a, a film that about I don't know say the experience of being a refugee or something and then yeah. we can if it's got that ability to um, to really make you follow somebody's journey in that way and feel their experience then we will might change our opinions or or, or you know it affects how we treat that person um, so in the here here if we were to meet someone like boxer say we might empathize more with them could, because of this film reminded that sometimes people aren't from their initial appearance they make yeah. more to it i suppose so another another um sort of the one of the values of art of um i'd said is that it allows you a safe space in which to experience these emotions that you wouldn't want to have in your <laughs> in your real life which I think is also a, val a valuable uh, a valuable experience because you get to you know it's only by experience that we get to change our minds and have understanding about about other people and about other situations but we don't want to have all those experiences because it would be it would be awful mm. <laughs> yeah but a, a film or a book allows you allows you to have those experiences safely that's so, true i yeah. mean it did make me feel um but that's not necessarily art, is it? Like, I think... Uh, which, Why is that? Why not? Well, because I can think of uh, parallel examples which make you feel that you experience something, but I don't think of art, like, say, Indiana Jones. I could watch Indiana Jones and, uh, well, if I'm in the right, you know, certainly I've enjoyed it and I feel like I've been thrilled and I've been yeah. in a cave with some snakes and I've vicariously had a, a, an exciting adventure um, safely, and I, I think that's why we we love that film. Would you um, say you empathise with Indiana Jones in the same way that you empathise with Victoria? No. Well, is that the difference? But, I think I think empathy is all important. But in you, this you know, hang on, but we're yeah. just going back to safe spaces of having right. experience. So if you're just talking about that, then I I think your argument of saying being able to experience something that's not a definition of art. No, no, no. So, but I'm I'm saying the safe space combined with empathy is maybe like a, 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 a situation that you can empathize with that happens in the safe space of a, a film or a book yeah uh, yeah i don't think the safe space really comes into it i think it's I, i'm feeling more that it's the empathy okay with somebody but then i suppose the empathy with somebody and then it has to be combined with some kind of experience where you you are taken on some sort of journey but it, it, I don't know. It might not necessarily have to be something that's... I don't think it's a necessary condition of art that it takes you to a space which you wouldn't feel comfortable doing in normal life. No, no, that's true. I can think of plenty of films that I really... I mean, like, say, Lost in Translation. You can imagine, imagine yeah. that sort of... That could happen to you, couldn't you? And you would do the same things and it would be OK. Yeah. It doesn't yeah, have yeah. to take you to somewhere. So somewhere I, I, yeah. I think the yeah. safe space thing is a, is a red herring. OK, although... Although perhaps it's one if if it's a if it's an experience that you're not likely to have in your life then but you so you mean it's not it's a 
it's not a necessary condition. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, it yeah. adds something. But I don't think if we're trying to really uh, grind down uh, by the end of all these podcasts into some kind of neat definition of art, I don't, I don't think that's. I don't think we're. I don't think we're going to manage that exactly. But I think <laughs> we're going to. I think we're going to be able to point at which films in this list we consider to be art and which aren't. I think yeah. that's. And we haven't actually. You haven't actually answered about this film yet. Would you think this film is art or not? Yeah. You do. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. it takes. I. I think. Hmm. Again, I worry that I'm just changing my definition of art on a weekly basis. That's okay. Well, no, we're we're allowing the section to change our definition of art. It's what we what we're so to do today. With. I yeah. feel it's all about um, empathy and being able to um, be in somebody else's shoes. I guess in a very um, simple definition. Okay. So we should also go along with all of the other films that we've. Um, so we're kind. It's kind of well, like. I, yeah. How about um, Under the Skin? Oh no no but that do you remember with under the skin we kind of thought of that as being a a different understanding of an art <laughs> film. No no we did we very much said yeah, this when we I had know, it. Yeah. I know, I know, we said I know, there we were did. that was more of a an admiration of the artistry of the film rather than an empathy with the character. It's true. The, it's the cinematography and the. So what we're yeah. coming up against is the great difficulty in um, having hard and fast rules about what no. Yeah, there doesn't seem to be a universality here. Um, <laughs> I'm guessing it's a slippery fish to kind of grab hold of, but yeah. Um, but um, also you're you're saying here that this, the art in this film is about being able to empathise with someone else's experience and choices. To to an extent that you're physically feeling. Yeah. Their reactions. That's that's also goes to a degree with um, lost in translation, dead poet society. So I mean, there's no, there's not the central characters in the same. It's not so, it's not so stark in those films. I don't think yeah. it is here. But, but you're still doing that, I think. Yeah, I mean, only good film you need to be yeah. able to empathise with the central. Also, character. our previous like thoughts about like our our choices of favourite films here being slightly nostalgic. I would say Victoria fits into a slightly nostalgic yeah. thing so that, your twenties. That, so that's a different yeah. question, isn't it? What makes it something a favourite film as opposed to a a great artistic merit film? Oh, okay. So are you going the nostalgia makes it favourite, but the empathy makes it art? Is that what you're coming down to? Um, yeah. Well, I definitely think nostalgic doesn't necessarily play a great part in art, really. No. Um, no but yeah, it of, does yeah. make me certainly that gives you that personal connection and. Uh, and um, and a warmth towards it, which is what what you feel about favourite films. I guess nostalgia helps with empathy in some ways, doesn't it? Like, if you recognise you you recognise your own past in a character, that helps yeah. you empathise with them. So they're not disconnected. So yeah. it is difficult for people that you know, and not maybe I was being overly dismissive of those people that didn't like this film. Um, almost calling them squares because they haven't had that <laughs> yeah. kind of experience, but. To be fair, that's lots of people haven't, and then therefore, does art have to be universal? No, I don't think so. It would, be, if anything is completely universal, then maybe it doesn't do as much as it might do for one section of the population. I think, like if you make it, if you make it so every human being that ever lived can empathise with it, or is that the best art? I don't know. I feel that. I feel this is fascinating, isn't it? Listening to two people with very little knowledge about art, but at least we're not talking in bollocks art. So, <laughs> art speak. I'm I'm completely hanging on the principle that 
I quite like to listen to two people bumbling on trying to work out what art is. So I'm hoping that hopefully, other people might want to as well. Vaguely interesting someone else, but I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's let's put hold a pin. Let's hold pin on to that, that and see how we go as we get nearer the end of the series. Universality, empathy, query Nos- mark about nostalgia. Nostalgia, maybe about favoritism, and also some another question about like arty artiness. That yeah, sort of not that doesn't really apply to this film. Actually. Beauty yeah. in some way. Yeah. Okay. So the arty artiness might apply to this film, and the, the one shot aspect of it might not. You're kind of admiring the. Well, that's a technical skill in some ways, aren't you? Yeah. That, that, that's it's a part of the enjoyment of this film, though, I think. It's not... Yes, you can't it, completely it discount is. it. Yeah. No, no, it's yeah. true. And you know it's hard. Yeah. I did hear that the um, director in... I mean, sorry, this is going off on one about uh, do you have to be a bit of a git to be a good director? Oh, yeah. And in an interview he was talking about... So, so as it is... Fairly, Famously said, he said the first the first run through was okay, but nothing really sparky about it. The second run through was going a bit too much off the wall. I don't really know what that meant, yeah. and it would be interesting to see the other two versions. But oh god, that'd be amazing, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, he said, and he sort of said, I really, you know, I really gave them a talking to before the last one. I really put the pressure on because. We'd only had the money to do it one more time. Yeah. And I didn't really want to do the cut version, although that was my plan B. I didn't really want to. So he said, and he said, I think it was good. I think it was good. They worked well under pressure. But then I think, what does that mean? Yeah, what did you do exactly? Because I can't imagine improvising acting under pressure being beneficial, really. I can't, but, you know, he seemed much happier with that third version. Maybe it gives you focus. I don't know. I mean, maybe it was like we said earlier that, if you're feeling under stress in this scenario anyway, being under stress is makes for good acting in this in this film, particular yeah, film. Exactly <laughs> what what you want. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Just one one final thing before we finish. Did you um see about how I don't know why the director did this, but when they're near the beginning and they've come out of the club and they're standing mm. on the street and um I think they've just stolen the beer from the from the shop. And uh, Victoria's about to take it back again or something. She's like, oh, I'm not doing this yeah. kind of thing. And uh, a guy walked past and it's actually the director. And he'd been, apparently he'd gone off just to get some chewing gum from his car. And apparently Victoria sees him and, and is like a bit bewildered about why he's walking past. But she manages to hold it together. Thinking, that was a bit off of him doing that, wasn't it? Yeah, I did read something about that and I didn't yeah. put it in that. I think I've got the right... It's definitely just when they come out of the club. I'm not sure it's exactly at that point, but something around them when they're on the street and the director walks past. Okay, I just thought it might have been a passerby who... Right. But they held it together anyway, yeah. 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 I sometimes do worry about directors being gits and then thinking I'm ultimately enjoying the The product of their gitness. Yeah, and people, to some extent, suffering. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I, I would be if I was one of the actors in this film. I would be very proud of my work here. Sure, it's it's phenomenal. Film. Yeah, and yeah, it's, yeah. So, anyway, I think we're done. I think we're done. I think we're done. Um, so, if you've enjoyed this podcast and want to leave us any comments about it, you can email us at inbedwith at ethancrane.com. That's C R A N E, or uh, there's a page on the website ethancrane.com where you can leave comments under there as well. And we'd really like to hear what you uh, what you thought about it. Otherwise, we'll see you for the next film. Okay, Okay, bye. See you next time. Bye-bye.